Attention. This podcast contains subject matter that may not be suitable for all ages. Listener discretion is advised. From out of the darkness, you hear voices that send shivers down your spine. That feeling of dread is undeniable when you notice the monster under the bed is trembling. The aliens are scrambling to get back to the mothership, and the vampires are refusing to rise. Your reptilian overlords are pleased to force on you two humans they swear are not their captives. Your hosts, Michael and Wendy. This is Eerie and Absurd. Welcome back to Eerie and Absurd. I'm Mike. I'm Wendy. And this is our Missing Monday. We're going to talk about two women that have disappeared in the Nashville area. Mm-hmm. 17 years apart. Yeah. That are related. They are related. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how often this happens. I'd say it's pretty unusual. Yes, there you go. Yeah. It's an unusual disappearance on both parts. Okay, so the first disappearance that we're going to discuss is Larisha Deanna Walker. We're going to call her Deanna throughout the rest of this podcast because that is what she was called by friends and family. And on November 19th of 1999, 23-year-old Deanna dropped off her two-year-old son, Rayvon, at her sister's house in Nashville, Tennessee. While there, Deanna told her sister that she had an early morning appointment the next day in Murfreesboro to get an estimate on her car, like a repair estimate. Earlier news reports state that she was going to Smyrna to get this estimate. And for anybody that's not familiar with the area, like if you're coming from Nashville to Murfreesboro, you kind of go through Smyrna, like you or you pass Smyrna on the way. That same night, it's been confirmed that Deanna spoke with her father, Sidney Walker, between, you know, 30, 10 o'clock. The next day, when Deanna didn't pick her son up or make contact with her family, her sister, Lakeisha Chambers, decided to go check on her. Deanna lived in East Nashville in a townhome that was located at 3858 Edwards Avenue. She'd only been living at this location for about a month, and when Lakeisha arrived, she discovered that the lights were on in the home, music was loudly playing, and the screen door was locked. So let's take a second. So if you've just arrived at your sister's house... You can visibly see that the lights are on. You can audibly hear music being played and very noticeably, you know, the screen door is locked. Usually when a screen door is locked, what does that mean to you? I would think someone is home. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of standard screen doors lock from the inside. So I don't know if it was the front door or the back door screen or if they both even had a screen door. And I don't know if the screen door had a key lock that you could lock from the outside because some of those steel screen outer doors have like a lock on them. So you could lock it from the outside. Sure. There's just not that detail. But if it was locked, I'm assuming it probably didn't have a key. And even if it was and lights are on, music is playing, obviously, first thing, oh, she's home. Once inside, Lakeisha turns down the music, but doesn't find Deanna. She's just not there. She states that it looked like two people had been sitting on Deanna's bed. But overall, nothing is out of place. Everything looks just like Deanna would have left it. Um, There's no signs of a struggle. There's no obvious signs of a crime that may have occurred. And there's no signs of foul play. So there's nothing happening within her home to indicate like, hey, this isn't right. Something's going on. And Deanna's car is not there. So this is a little odd. Like, why is all the lights on? Why is all this music playing? But nobody's home. Right. I could come up with a thousand scenarios, but I can't. I don't know. You had to leave in a hurry. Maybe. But even then, if you leave in a hurry. You'd probably turn At least the turn the music off. off. Yeah. You know. The music makes it seem like someone was trying to cover up yelling or something or struggle. 
Maybe, perhaps. Maybe. I mean, um, there's no sign of a struggle, but that doesn't mean anything necessarily. But then also, what if she just had some friends over? True. And, you know, like, what if she ran to the store, her and somebody else, and then maybe there were a couple friends still waiting on them to come back. You know, they went and had like a snack run, waiting on them to come back. They're like, man, I got to go. And so they just, it's not their house. They don't think about it. They just left. And, you know, leaving the music on, leaving the lights on. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. This is all speculation. All speculation. I don't know. The next day, which is November the 21st, still nobody has heard from Deanna. So Deanna's mother, Wanda, reports her missing to the police. This is when police and the family learn from a neighbor that they heard Deanna arguing with someone the night that she disappeared. It is also discovered that the clothes Deanna was wearing when she was last seen, which was the 19th, were at the home. So she did change her clothing at some point. She was there definitely, and she changed her clothes. So nobody knows what she was wearing when she left. I was going to say that. Usually when you have a last seen appearance, you it's like white shirt, blue jeans, sandals, or something like that. They don't know. They don't know because what people saw her in last was at the home. One very important piece of information is that Deanna's medication was still in her apartment. So Deanna had a heart condition and it required her to take medication daily. I couldn't locate any information specifically like what type of heart condition she may have had or has, but she does have a surgical scar on the left side of her chest due to her condition. And so that is concerning that she left her medicine. She has obviously had like an open heart surgery of some type and you have to have that medicine. The only thing I could even try to think of is like blood pressure medicine. You have to have that every day. You can't skip it. Right. So she would take that with her if she was leaving or going somewhere. If, it, if she was going to be overnight, I'm assuming mm-hmm. she would take that with her. I don't it. I don't know if she. it was something she took morning and night or if she took it multiple times in the day or, you know, maybe she just took it in the morning or maybe she just took it at night. Those things do matter. But the fact that it was still there and she'd been missing for that amount of time. Unusual. Yeah. Yeah. It's unusual. Regarding the neighbor hearing the argument, I can't locate any like specific or concrete information on the argument, but I do think in order for us to like to better understand it or maybe even be able to process it properly we need to know like what time or time frame the argument occurred was it just deanna's voice that was heard if the neighbor heard another voice was it male was it female was it inaudible uh but yet hard to tell there's so many things like could they obviously tell somebody was arguing with her but they just honestly couldn't figure out like if it was a guy if it was a girl was she on the phone maybe exactly yeah yeah, that's why, like, was it just Deanna that was being heard argument? Was it a one-sided argument, it seemed like, because they could only hear her side? You know, did the neighbor hear anything specific within the argument that could help, you know, find out what happened to Deanna? A lot of times when people are upset in arguments, you can hear certain words or phrases. There's always, usually there's something that mm-hmm. you can hear. Like, so-and-so kept saying, liar, liar, or You know, things like that. I can't find anything on the argument itself. It may have just not been released. So Deanna was noted as being a private person. Her family didn't know everybody that she knew. And this is actually pretty normal for a lot of people. So I'm not even concerned about that stuff. Like, I know people that you don't know, and you know people I don't know. So, as far as they were aware, she was not dating anybody or having any problems, like, with anybody on a personal or professional level. Deanna did work at the Nashville Peterbilt through a temp agency at the time of her disappearance, and her missing car is described as a maroon 1995 Oldsmobile Achieva that had a distinct long scratch on the driver's side with a Tennessee plate number of 419-AB, as in boy, G, as in goat. At the time of her disappearance, Deanna herself is described as a black female, black hair, brown eyes. She's about five foot seven, weighing around 190 to 200 pounds. She has pierced ears. She has a surgical scar on the left side of her chest, and she had an upper 
front tooth that was trimmed in gold and it had the letter D on it. So I did notice that in some of the forums, because there was like a Reddit forum that had a really good article about it and it all the facts um, line up with that article. But I was looking at the comments because a lot of times you'll see some interesting questions or comments or even like, hey, yeah, I know that person or something along those lines. Um, But a lot of people kept asking, like, why is she going to Murfreesboro to get a repair estimate or even Smyrna if Smyrna was where she was actually going? There's so many mechanics between here and there and blah, blah, blah. So I guess it just depends on the repair that she actually needed done. If an insurance company was covering the cost, she may have been limited on her options maybe for the repair. Maybe a friend or coworker gave her a recommendation for someone that they use. I also saw that Peterbilt, it's located in Smyrna. Now, I don't know if that's the same one that she worked at because it had like a location in, it, they call it the Nashville office, but it's located in Smyrna. And then there's one in Memphis. And then there was one in like Bowling Green. If it's located in the same spot today as it was in 1999, going to Murfreesboro doesn't sound like a big deal to me. And maybe she knew somebody or had a, you know, somebody referred her to someone to fix the car. Yeah, there. that's, yeah. Someone through work may have given her recommendations. She may have just been following up with an estimate. Some people wrote that maybe it was an excuse to do something else. Like, it, like she was covering, saying this, but was going to actually go do this. Honestly, I'm not leaning towards that. I don't see any reasoning behind it. She's grown. And why? You know? Yeah. Especially having the information we have, that would have come out by now. I get it. Murfreesboro is like, what, like 40 minutes from Nashville? I mean, 40 miles isn't that far. Minutes, yes. 40 minutes. It's really not. And I get, and of course, it was like, well, if she had to have repairs, why would she drive that far? There's lots of speculation in a sense, like just from the outside looking in, we obviously don't have all the information. We just know she was supposed to go get a repair estimate, and it doesn't appear that she ever made it. So they didn't have any suspects or anything? No. No, no suspects. leads at all? Here's my here's the one thing I can think of with everything being on at her house. Some people thought, well, maybe she was arguing with somebody. You don't know if she knew that person. She'd only been living in the townhome for about a month. What if somebody came over thinking that somebody they knew still lived there, but now she lives there. They were arguing. I don't know. So they never found her car? Her car has not been found to this day. It still has not been found. Some people were thinking, well, I mean... Since the house wasn't like, it didn't look like somebody came in and there was this struggle. Like, her sister was able to tell if she had been to her house. She's so, it used sounds to her. like maybe she knew the person if someone was involved in maybe. her disappearance. Yeah, maybe. somebody She could have went willingly, thought that they were a friend. She was driving. So, we don't have any more information on We have on no this. more information on, on her disappearance. Unfortunately, for the Walker family, this is not the last time that they have to suffer through an unexplained disappearance of a family member. Deanna's mother, 60-year-old Wanda Faye Walker, has also disappeared. The last known sighting of Wanda was on October 5th of 2016. Wanda was scheduled to work at the Dollar Tree on Franklin Pike in Nashville on October the 5th, but she never showed up for her shift as scheduled. So we have two accounts of her last known whereabouts. The first one, she was last seen at the home she shared with her cousin, located on 11th Avenue South in Nashville. Her home was less than two miles from where she worked, So she didn't even have a long drive to go. So the second account, conflicting reports show that Wanda was having car trouble the day that she disappeared. So Wanda called her boyfriend, Harold Henderson, after her car overheated and she had to pull over to the side of the road. Harold made it to Wanda. He added some oil to her car and then the car was fine running and then they went their separate ways. So when a car is overheating, because I'm not a mechanic, I don't understand. Would it be a coolant issue? Or to me, it seems like, oh, your radiator yeah, it could be oil. If it's low on oil, it could overheat. 
So that makes sense. And maybe, maybe it had an oil leak that he knew about. Okay. So maybe that's why he brought oil with him. Maybe they had already been dealing with that yeah, issue. Could have been. Okay. That kind of flagged me a little bit, but it's just because I didn't know. I don't have the specifics, like on when a police report was filed for Wanda, but I highly doubt that the family waited a very long period of time, especially after going through this type of tragedy already. I'm assuming as soon as they could not get a hold of her consistently, they were like, nope. And they probably went and filed a missing persons report. On October the 13th of 2016, the police found Wanda's Nissan Maxima located in front of a house on the 1000 block of Wade Avenue in Nashville. The car was locked with Wanda's purse inside and blood was found in the back seat. Now, the blood was tested and confirmed to be Wanda's. Some sources say traces of blood. Others just say blood. So, I don't... I'm not really sure how much, and I know that probably sounds morbid, but was it just a few drops? Like, did she have a nosebleed? Was there splatter as if she'd gotten hit or punched or been hit by an object? Or was there more? Was there like a small little pool of blood? Sometimes that does matter, and I'm sure the police know that. We don't. Sometimes those things can tell you something. Mm -hmm. Neighbors reported that the car had been there for about a week, but none of them had seen Wanda or if a different person may have left the car at that location, parked in front of that house. I also didn't find anything to state a reason why she would have parked the car there, like if she had known somebody Mm -hmm. or... (sighs) I couldn't find anything like that. Well, they found the car about a week after she disappeared, so it had been there since she disappeared, I guess. It seems like it, because she disappeared on, what did I say, on the 5th? Yeah. And then they found it on the 13th. At the time of her disappearance, Wanda is described as a black female, brown eyes. Naturally, she has brown hair, but she'd been dyeing it strawberry blonde for years. Her hair was usually styled in a one to two inch afro. She is five foot seven, weighing around 180 to 195, and she has pierced ears. Police do not believe that these disappearances are related in any way. I agree. I don't. I don't. I don't believe that they are related. But it is pretty tragic for a family to have to suffer through a second disappearance again and not have any answers to yeah. what happened. If they had been closer in time frames, it may have looked related. Yes, but th- we've got a 17 year yeah. gap. Yeah. But how odd. For that to occur. I, I don't know how many other, I'm, I was going to look it up, but I don't know. I mean, this is obviously not the only case where like two people in a family have disappeared. It's just, it's not a common occurrence. And how terrible. Yeah. And they don't have any leads on either one of them. No. Except for they found the mother's car. Exactly. But that's it. It's never been said if they pull fingerprints, if they find any fibers, any hairs, nothing like that. And the, her purse was there. I couldn't find any information on... Like, yeah, and her money was gone. Or, yeah, and like the key to her house was gone. There was nothing. Her purse was there, and there was blood in the back seat. And, I mean, I don't care where you are. You don't leave your purse in the car, whether it's locked or not. Because somebody will break a window for a purse. If you have any information on what may have happened to Deanna or her mother, Wanda, you can contact the Nashville Metro Police at 615-862-8600 or Crime Stoppers at 615-742-7463. And so I'm also, you know, I'm going to link pictures of both Deanna and her mother and pictures of their cars. The one I found for Deanna, I don't believe that it's her actual car, but it's something similar. So you have an idea of what it looked like. And our main sources for today was an article written by Erica Marie for ourblackgirls.com called Larisha Walker and her mother, Wanda Walker, disappear 17 years apart. There is a Reddit post written by Blaze in the Dark, the disappearance of Larisha, Deanna Walker, and her mother, Wanda Faye Walker, 17 years apart in Nashville, Tennessee. 
I'm also going to link their NamUs pages, uh, the Charlie Project pages, and then some local news where we also got our information and verified. So that's it. That's it. Unfortunately, we just don't have a lot of information on either one of those. So until next time. Stay eerie and be absurd. Don't forget to rate us. Don't forget to review us. Don't forget to subscribe to us. And don't forget to share us. And don't forget to email us. Yeah. If you got stories or missing persons you want us to maybe cover, email us at eerieandabsurd at gmail.com. We have an Instagram. We have a Twitter. And we have a Facebook. Bye. Oh, you're supposed to do the bye. Bye. No. Bye. I want you to do your weird one. Bye. Until next time, fellow Absurdians, remember, everything you've heard is true, monsters are real, and the strangers in black are not a figment of your imagination. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us on iTunes or your favorite podcast streaming service. Do you have a story you want to share? Contact us at eerieandabsurd at gmail.com or visit our website at eerieandabsurd.com to submit a suggestion. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram, both at eerie underscore absurd.